Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Walker AC Experience for the month of February. Second week in February. I'm not ready for this. I don't have a Valentine's. I don't really like chocolate that much because of the whole diabetes thing. No, I'm kidding. Um, welcome back to the show. Uh, once again, you may find us under walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. Show us some love. Get some merchandise. Cafepress.com forward slash W-A-C-E. We have the brand new cereal and beer mugs, shot glass, beer steins available. Also, the Walker AC Experience hoodies, t-shirts, everything in between. I say everything in between because it's too much to list and only have an hour. So, without further ado, wait a second. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm missing something here, Kevin. I'm missing something. Um, oh, I'm Walker Racing into you, my friends. Yes, you are my friends. It's been a week. It's been a week, Kevin. So stand by. Without further ado, this is my host, the intelligent one, the straight man to my comedy, the frick to my frack, the yin to my yang that's so racist. Kevin, you, Kevin, how's it going, sir? Hello. I like to think that if you ever go to New York, you get to say, I'm Walker here. <laughs> <laughs> the sea is a whole lot better than that cheap, oh, Walker, Texas Ranger. No, people, that's out of style. We're not going to do that. I'd rather stick with that one. How's it going with you, sir? Uh, uh, it's okay, you know. Um, it's weird to think about what's going on in the world because sometimes I just keep trying to focus on the other, you know, outside worlds so I don't get too self-involved. Um, thinking about all the crazy amount of rain that's happening in California. I'm like, hmm, either water or fire. Water or fire. Hmm, weird. As much as I miss it, glad I'm not there with up anything. Well, I mean, for us, we just have heat and more heat. Now, we're in February now, and it's allegedly cold here. I mean, we're in this, we're in this, you know, like mid-60s, maybe early 50s. To be exact, but like we spoke last episode, people are freaking out over it. But it's okay. It's going to get hot again soon, folks. You will sweat when you walk to your mailbox. Fear not. Um, but other than that, I mean, how's the weather treating you? Um, it's been nice, you know, avoiding some of the rainstorms. But, you know, I really do feel better about things by spending out some time outside. I think it's a simple thing to do. It's too easy for someone to just sit inside looking at the screen all damn day long. And I think when you just read a book outside or do or, I don't know, tend to a garden or get a workout, just something. I think it's a simple thing that will make an impact on your day-to-day life. Yeah, and the good thing is you don't have to do a whole lot. I mean, I'm my Peloton here. I do that 30 to 45 minutes a day, twice a day when I'm, when I'm able to. But at least I hop on it one time just to get the body going, you know, like, you know, just to get, you know, my metabolism going. Because, hey, I'm an old man. I look at food. I gain five pounds. But other than that, I mean, just I try to keep everything moving because life's too short, folks. And not to make it too macabre here because we're going to talk about some nice, fun things. But let's keep our body moving along with keeping our mind moving because, you're going to blink, and you'll be 50, 55, 60, you know, with a beer gut wondering what happened as you hit record doing a podcast. Not talking about me or anything, so. <laughs> so, what do you have for us this week, Mr. Kevin? Okay, so, um, hmm. over the weekend, the Grammys occurred. 
Um, did you pay any attention to the Grammys? Other than bits and bobs here on Twitter, I really didn't focus too much on it. Um, it was a toss-up between Taylor Swift and the uh, the football game, Super Bowl, coming up, which shows you how much I know about current events. But um, not really. What was going on? Well, um, it was... I'm not a fan of award shows. It, it was kind of a weird thing to uh, tune in a teeny bit just to hear about you know, new artists because I want to be open to new music. And um, just like... I probably watched less than like 15 minutes. So I'm like, oh, Travis Scott. I don't like that guy. <laughs> so I'm like, ugh, gross. Turn it off. Um, and then I was hearing a podcast where people talk about the Grammys and how um, they talk about MC Search, like one of the like, uh, legendary uh, members of the old school, old school hip-hop group uh, Third Base. And um, they talked about how there may be an issue of cultural appropriation. So that got me to thinking. You know, um, do we talk about cultural appropriation where a majority of, like, of a group of influence kind of co-opt a group's culture for their own benefit, to roughly put it in a way. So I'd like to kind of put this into hip-hop. Now, um, is, is there any kind of validity to say that Okay, if you're not of a certain type of person, you shouldn't touch hip-hop. Not necessarily, because rumor has it that Elvis took from the black musician. His dance moves, um, the way he sings, everything of the sort. So, you know, the first rap song was back in the 60s. Um, You know, there are... There are people, I don't want to say stealing, because that's, that's pretty harsh. People using each other's um, cultural, cultural side, you know, for, for music. Because, of course, you know, you think of something like that. You think of Run DMC and Aerosmith doing a song together. Just, just go that far back a little bit. Or you think of certain um, rock bands taking certain elements of rap and incorporating it into their group. So, I mean, as much as a certain group of people don't like it, something's been prevalent for many years. I mean, I can give you a list of multiple musicians that have borrowed rap. Multiple rap groups have borrowed metal, and so on and so on. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing to think of, because it also could be considered gatekeeping, where it's like, oh, I control access to, to this art form, and it has to go through me. So... It makes you wonder, because um, you got to think of people like, uh, <laughs> remember, you know, Vanilla Ice, and that was almost, you know, that could be seen as cultural appropriation versus how people viewed Eminem. And um, I think there's a fine nuance to it all. Um, I mean, in your opinion, I'd like to hear your thoughts of comparing Vanilla Ice to Eminem. Mm. That hurt. Um, (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to play both sides of the coin. So take this ride with me. In my youth, I never liked Vanilla Ice because I thought he was taking, taking rap from the black man. Now, this pulls back Meganus a little bit when I was younger because I would see him perform. I would see him do interviews and everything. And a part of me was like, that's not him. 
This is all an act. This is all an act just to get a quick buck, and a whole lot of people seeing the same thing. You mentioned you mentioned third base. Third base did not like Vanilla, Vanilla Ice because they thought he was doing the exact same thing, taking black culture and just making it his own, which is kind of hypocritical considering third base are Caucasian. I digress. So, I really didn't like it, but in reality, it sold. It sold millions and millions of dollars um, because of that. So, looking back at it in 2024 eyes, he just took advantage of something that was hot. Um, but did I did I really think it was like that? Yeah, not really. So now we jete on over to Eminem. I don't think he I don't think he did, because you have to admit he has his own particular style. His particular style, in my opinion, didn't really exist until after he did it. So I really didn't see him, you know, doing that for the black culture. Uh, I think all his stuff was just original. It was different for for its time. Now, do I think the black community really didn't gatekeep on that too much because he was considered just a white boy that knew how to rap really, really fast, and it was something original. As far as Vanilla Ice, they looked at him as like a poor man's MC Hammer, just taking taking what he saw on television and just making it his own. It was the it was a wish version of MC Hammer back then. And so, no, 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 not really. I mean, I mean, I think Eminem was a more original, MC, um, and Vanilla Ice was just borrowing from the black culture and just making it his own. And he made millions of dollars out of it. Now, where is he nowadays? Who knows? Probably bagging groceries at a Walmart. Um, so, <laughs> what do you think, Evan? <laughs> I'm I'm really on board with how you're putting it because I do think you have to with authenticity and respect you have for the art. Now, if you're going in there, you just co-opt it and like, look at me, I'm a rippity rap, 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 I'm a rapid grandma. <laughs> that is bullshit. <laughs> I think that is cultural appropriation. Whereas, you know, if you're like the Beastie Boys, it, you know, it, you, where you have a real respect and love for the craft and a medium, and you bring, and, you know, you and you kind of like go out here, you really do have the authenticity. I think that's really. Um, makes a difference and, and I think people need to have that nuance you know like um, I once had a friend um, we were talking about hip hop like Japanese hip hop and I'm like what do you think about it and you know he was raised in Japan he was like I don't really like it it's just a um, imitation of American hip hop like interesting um, and uh, it's kind of I can get where he's coming from because like that's not like UK hip hop. It's really hard for me to get into that. <laughs> like I've heard some songs and just like nothing is called my name. Just it's, it's not there for me, you know. I mean, at least in a lot, I had ninja rap. <laughs> <laughs> look it up, people. Go on YouTube. Pause the show right now. Go on YouTube. Look up Vanilla Ice Ninja Rap. But please continue, yeah. Kevin. Please continue. <laughs> That's right. Prepare yourself. <laughs> but um, this is really. I just think it's really funny. It's it, um, it was like other cultures also have adopted hip hop because I think it's hip hop has had the time to grow into an art form and not just be a fad 
or, or, or just like a style. It has its own sensibilities and like it can be dissected and studied as its own thing. And I think it's, it should be allowed to develop and grow in whichever way because that's the beautiful thing about art. Um, it's kind of why I really dislike the majority of um, mainstream country. Like, it's because it's not allowed to be a lot of different things. It's, the, like, super conservative. It's almost, like, because of the money. It's like, it, it, that, you know, you got to be conservative with money. I mean, it was interesting. Um, a friend played a song, a country song, about a guy bragging about his gay lover. And, like, it was real graphic. And I'm like, I salute you for being so graphic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or... Um, uh, bluegrass. I have a certain fondness for bluegrass. Um, shout out to the John Stigler Trio, because damn, they're really talented instruments of blue, uh, bluegrass band I've seen live. Um, I heard a bluegrass song. Um, I think it's called um, How Many Men Does It Take to Make a Self-Made Man? And I really liked it. Like, this is a really interesting song. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I, thought, I think, for some reason, I just like, bluegrass is pretty sweet, you know? Um, you know, and to feel hip hop is kind of it can be it can be done interestingly. <laughs> I was just thinking of the Onyx and Biohazard collaboration for Slam. Yes, yes, <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh boy, another fun '90s artifact. <laughs> um, or how it's done poorly sometimes. Where it's like, nice try, <laughs> but let's not try that hard again. Well, I mean, if you really think about it, when rap became more mainstream. It was, it was a, a strange kind of anomaly, because you would look at it and, you know, you go, okay, you know, you know, this particular group is doing it, it's really popular, it's, it's really getting, it's really getting really, it's blowing up, as as the kids would say, so you would want to hop on a bandwagon, so this is where your vanilla ices come from, this is where your third base come from, this is where other rappers that aren't African American come from, and and then it gets to a point where it becomes more commercial. Rapping granny, or you'll see a commercial for something and there's rapping in the background, poorly I might add, rapping in the background. <laughs> you know, and it just became part of society after a while. It was not it was it wasn't new, it wasn't edgy. It was more market it's more marketable, you know, more you right. know, more commercialized before rap evolved into something else. You know, gangster rap, murder rap, stuff like that, you know, because once again, music has to continue to evolve once the initial thing runs its course. So you have to do something new. Um, once again, just like, you know, just like rock music, just like metal music, just like death metal music, you hit a certain ceiling, it didn't have to evolve it into something else. So rap, for example, was really, really hard to gatekeep because there are so many different levels of it. So it was it was really okay. Well, you have your glamorized rap, like I go back to MC Hammer, for example. He it was more of a pop pop style rap that anybody can listen to, anybody can get into because it wasn't offensive. You know, it didn't really have a negative message. It wasn't about killing and slamming hoes and stuff like that. It was rap friendly. So you know, not touching this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Um, but, but, but understandably so, you, it was really hard to gatekeep that. 
you know, so then once that poppy style rap came out, then we switched over to, to NWA before that. And you couldn't gatekeep that either. You know, you couldn't, because when it comes to music, for example, no one genre can say, that's mine. You know, you can't do that. That's mine. Because unfortunately, if you're talented enough, anybody can do it. You know, it's, just, you know it's, it's the same way for style of clothing. It's the same way for way of speech. Because not to get off on a different tangent, but, you know, certain certain levels of certain words evolved over the years. You know, the N-word went from something something evil, something demeaning, to a term of endearment, to back to something evil and demeaning, back to term of agreement. Now it's in everybody's general lexicon. But, of course, you can't say it in certain aspects of certain cities or else you'd be murdered, but I digress. But, um, no, and when it comes to music like that, Kevin, it's it's really hard to gatekeep because, because it's ever-changing. And after a while... Everybody will latch on to it. And right. <laughs> it's just funny to think back about, like, you know, um, the more, like, a less open minded people I've met in my life are like, oh, that music from Black Or they would just say, like, things like, oh, wait, it's not sound, it's just talking. <laughs> and it's really funny. I'm like, oh, go ahead, sit the rope. Bars. Let me let me hear you rap <laughs> for a good time. Because <laughs> you know, bad rap against kind of a it's its own entertainment in a way, weird way. <laughs> now, but I mean, but do you think other than music, and of course we'll bounce back and forth to that. Do you think that do you, do you think that any other culture that, that that does that? And I'm and I'm not talking about like going to a football game and you see like. Uh, like the Chiefs, where you see a white guy dressing up as an Indian, you know, doing the tomahawk chop. chop. Um, but but would, would that go over to, say, for example, something that, that, that you and Jeff talked about in your past episode of Cereal and Beer, um, where there was a festival that, of course, you know, the tourists would come, they would dress in a traditional um, Japanese-Asian attire, and they would more or less cosplay that. Just, you know, I mean, just just to experience the culture. Um, do you think that, that, that people, who, people who actually live in that culture will get offended by that? Or do they view it as just entertainment? Well, I think it depends on the space. Um, for example, uh, once I went on a trip to, um, to Korea, and um, we were, you know, of course, you know, they, they had this whole program, and they're like, okay, they invite us to, to take pictures and Korean clothing. And I'm like, well, you guys are inviting me. You, like, I'm not going out of my way to do this. And so it was like that. And then, like, it's also very specific. Like, if you're, let's just say, going to the summer festival, like, in your local village in Japan, and you dress in yukata, I'm like, oh, I'm like, eh, okay. Because, like, it's like, it's their you know, it's their culture and you're in it. And if they're okay with it, then I can't, I can't really like rage against it. But if we're here in the United States with a history of big uh, systematic racism and, and like, you know, cultural appropriation with, you know, they will belittle you or just monetize off your culture, then there's a, a much thornier issue. And I do think there's a lot of, um, Cultural appropriation and pandering that goes on. 
um, some examples. For example, um, I've heard the, the term gaywalking. Now that certain, like, I guess mainstream America is more okay with non-street people, like, they market towards the, the gay population. Like, Pride was, oh, let's slap a rainbow and everything. Because you know what? Those people got money to give to us. <laughs> and so that's kind of like that. Or like, um, let's think about anime culture. Um, it seems all, like I get a little uh, hesitant to like engage about anime or like, or even more to go into anime festivals because I think it's it's like getting r- like real uncomfortably close to you know. Uh, well, as, as I've heard it put, loving racism. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, like, usually, like, sometimes people don't have the most nuanced views of, you know, intercultural exchange and, like, the problems that exist in the world or the past or, like, how other people feel these things. So, I mean, admittedly, I still am on guard about when people mention China because I think I've been too used to people being negative or like being openly discriminatory about it and so it's like it's hard to move past those feelings well I mean do, I mean do you think it's just ignorance or do you see it as this you know as them just being harmless you know as far as wanting to to, to fit in and what I mean by that is I don't know. I don't, this doesn't really happen anymore, but in previous generations, you know, you will see a non-African American male come up to some, an African American guy and go, Hey, what's up? You know, what's up my end? You know, stuff like that. Not really trying to be, not really trying to say it in a malicious way, but just trying, just trying to fit in. Not, not knowing that, you know, what they're doing is considered kind of ignorant, considered kind of insulting, but the way they see it is they see it as trying to be, "Quote unquote," one of them, you know, taking a I mean, taking a culture and not really learning about it, but just trying to fit in haphazardly. I think that's the toughest part um, because I think there needs to be empathy on both sides. Um, I guess in a, in their weird ham-fisted way, they are trying to show some sort of well. In best case scenario, they're trying to be, you know, I guess welcoming. And at the worst case scenario, they're being stereotypical. Of course they talk like that. Of course we're going to have to do a very complicated handshake. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think it just requires both, like, uh, I guess, a certain kind of, like, you know, how do you feel about that? Having that kind of good faith conversation. Be like, I want to be able to connect with you, but I want to be respectful. And to have that kind of openness, rather than just leaving it up to chance because I think there are some people who don't appreciate that kind of thing oh, and there's some people also like are conditioned to just not make waves even though it, they don't like it they kind of go along to get along and they don't really want that and I agree now what other culture uh, appropri- um, appropriation I, I can talk I promise um, that, that that also displayed I mean because we talk about music and, of course, I mean, that's been that way for many, many years. Right or wrong, it's been that way for many years. Um, and, of course, um, you know, tourism, that's a big one. That's a humongous one for tourism because they want to have that experience 
and not really do the homework. Um, I would say movies, it used to be movies were the same way. Just like, you know, like you spoke about, you know, you watch old, you know, old Japanese Asian movies. And of course, you have the stereotype right in front of your face. But they would think that that something was normal. It was normal for them to do that. You know, or are you looking at, you know, you look at the Superfly movies, um, you know, the stereotypical African-American pimp. You know, it wasn't like that. But, you know, uh, we're going to take a guess. We're going to take a shot in the dark and say, you guys are like that. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's right. And I think that is the, that's also the major difficulty about it all, that these images, um, they hit the mainstream media, and you, a lot of people, you know, it, they don't understand nuance. And they just think, okay, I saw this in a movie, so that's the truth. And bam, and their whole worldview is shaped only by a piece of entertainment. Uh, you know, it's so bizarre, and like, and because they don't, because you know, older uh, and portrayals kind of did kind of character characterize it because they weren't interested in nuance. They weren't interested in seeing similarities. They're interested. They're more interested in seeing the exotic. You know, it's like that's why they wanted you to see um, Shaft. They, that's why they wanted you to see, um, um, like, um, Tony Chiba samurai movies. Because, like, ooh, exotic! Versus, like, <laughs> more modern-day portrayals where, like, you see a lot more nuanced people and, like, maybe their difficulties with, uh, you know, cross-cultural communication. And what was really funny is, to touch on this subject just for a couple seconds, something different, is you think about it, from the American standpoint, they see something and they want to make it their own or try to relate. So you see a Sonny Chiba movie and you look at the popularity of that for that particular culture. So what do you do? You know, you get a black man like Show Enough, you know, doing Kung Fu, you know, because they're like, well, if he can do it, we can do it, you know, kind of thing. And it falls flat. You know, it, it, turns, it turns into a parody. Because it falls flat. So they go, okay, well, that didn't work. So let's go back to the Asian Japanese guy and put him back in Kung Fu movies. Because that's all, that's all he can do. And the black guy will go back to back to Pimpin' Hose. You know, they, they dip their toes in it because they don't know and they don't want to understand the culture because they see it as if they can do it, we can do it kind of thing. You know, and it's popular and we can make a buck off of it. So when you look at the movies back then... Um, whether it be Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan, it was reserved for that particular stereotype. And, of course, you know, the African-American people had their own vernacular. Uh, white people were the uptight, stoic, you know, rich ones or the goofy American pie type of videos, you know, because they, they, they all had their little niche and they didn't want to take the time to, to, to really figure out anything else. Right. And, and what was... Also, to take the perspective of the um, the people that witnessed it of the same ethnicity, it, like Bruce Lee to me was a very important figure because he was a guy that um, he was so like he created a myth for himself. He 
represented an image of the world that was never seen before. Like a strong, confident, charismatic Chinese American. Like, bam. It's like, and they gave somebody to aspire to. Especially when, you know, you got nobody that looked like you in mainstream media that you could be proud of. You know, I think that was interesting. Like, and like, as, as, as much as I hate to admit it, somebody like Floyd Mayweather, he was like that too. Here's a dude that, you know, he was so good at boxing and just like, would be able to talk the talk, walk the walk, and, and make, make himself to be one of the, like a legendary boxers. You know? And like that kind of like, people may be like, oh, he's such a stereotype, but at least to the, the population, they could have somebody be like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, an icon for me. Hmm. Yeah, that is true. I mean, do you think that with what we're talking about, it is it still prevalent today? Um, not as much. I would think that. Thankfully, there's more authentic representation out there. Um, I recently just saw um, a Asian American romantic comedy, um, uh, Always Be My Maybe, and I kind of liked it. It, it, it kind of like, it didn't make things stereotypical, it didn't glamorize it too much, but it was still fun and funny and still romantic. It, but it was a little more kind of authentic, talking about, you know, talking about cultural issues, about like, you know, Family expectations and like um, trying to find your own success and kind of like uh, holding yourself back. And so, like, I felt it was a lot more authentic to the Asian American experience, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking nowadays with this particular gener with this particular generation, I think they're I think they're staying away from it. And I'm going to harken back to to the football game, as simple as it sounds. The, the Redskins, they don't exist anymore. You know, or... Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. Or, you know, the blackface doesn't exist anymore. Or just, just, just things just things like that that don't exist anymore because they're trying to, to, to meld everything together. Which, you know, which is positive and it has its own little quirks here and there that we're all still trying to work out. Um, but... You're right. I mean, it's not as prevalent as it used to be. You know, because I mean, yeah. but, and the reason why it's interesting because you look at, and I'm going to harken back to an old favorite, John Wick. I mean, typically an Asian, an Asian or Japanese could have, could have played that Kung Fu role that the John Wick does, but it took a regular white guy and put him in there and, and he did okay with it. And now you look at it, anybody could anybody could have fit that role. You know, black, white, Asian, really doesn't matter. That person could fit that role. And now a new movie is coming out, directed by Jordan Peele, Peele who did, you know, Us and, and Get Out. Um, it's about, you know, you know, a gentleman from India who is now seeking revenge in a kind of John Wickish kind of style. And, and you would never see anything like that. Right. And, um, you know, speaking of which, I... You know, it's interesting to think of also new challenging media. Like, I really enjoyed Get Out. I thought there was a really good commentary on, like, on, you know, race relations when it, it pertains to the black American experience. Um, or, yeah, something even, like, I've been wanting to see black Klansmen. Um, I think, and there's some transgressive movies like um, Bamboozled, 
where black actors put on put on blackface to put on like a minstrel show, like on purpose. And so it's like interesting that when you like you see like these transgressive shows that still are out there that are willing to kind of like to push the boundaries and still make people think about it because um, the thing that I think is that people think that are, people think that things are okay now but they forget the past and how, how there are some people who just desperately want things to go back to an imaginary past where their group has all the power and everybody else would just screw it off. So, and I think that's also kind of dangerous to think that way because it wasn't good for everybody back then. No, and I don't think it could ever be done ever again. It really can't. You know, because we're way too progressive. I mean, whether people like it or not, we're way too progressive. We can never go back to that. You know, to you to have one thing of that's mine, no one else can do it because it's not going to work. You know, with with the inventions of social media and knowing everything is out there for the taking, um, I mean, it can be altered, it can be evolved, and I guarantee you, um, I can't do another MC Hammer. Can't do it. Um, so, <laughs> and Hammer did hurt them. Yeah, he yeah he did hurt them. <laughs> Because see, once again, thinking about um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the cult, you know, the cultural appreciation thing, we can link it back to, and I'm sorry, guys, we can link it back to wrestling. Akeem the African Dream. There we go. Akeem the African Dream. There we go. <laughs> I do like to think about back in the day where, like, it was apparent about how Vince McMahon and WWF um, viewed his fans. I'm like, yes, you idolize hillbillies. I.E. Hill, Billy Jim. <laughs> Ultra patriotic guy, like Hulk Hogan. And who do you hate? You hate police officers, uh, million dollar men, <laughs> Irish agents. <laughs> and, um, people, I guess, um, I guess, speak Russians, you know, repo men, clowns. Oh, okay, clowns. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, his wrestling was wild. It's like, yeah, this is what you like. This is what you don't like, right? You <laughs> we're going to take every single stereotype and we're going to just shove it out there, folks, to see what happens. Um, so speaking of stereotypes, I do have a question for you. Um, but, of course, we can still go back to what you were mentioning earlier. Um, sure. And, of course, this is a really, really a hopic, as you and Jeff would say. Mm-hmm. Uh. Do you believe that stereotypes are still out there today? Absolutely. Um, there are absolutely people who are stereotyped. Um, for example, the stereotypical toxic male. Um, like, he is, like, ultra-aggressive. Um, maybe really into Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like viewing women as commodities, um, hate, like, you know, being really homophobic, um, only being, only being sensitive when defective people are around, but when they're not around, you can say what you want, <laughs> or just like being really materialistic and, um, you know, being all around problematic. There are several examples of that, or just, um, like even in my in the Asian culture, 
people who kind of like, oh, they're hardworking and they're polite and they're just super like, like docile and like super basic, and that's all they know and that's all they want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's people are completely stereotyped. But even like you see in children, like you know, the stereotypical girl that's like a real like a you know, living her fancy unicorn princess life, go you know, or like boys are you know taught to be aggressive and assertive and and rambunctious, like you know the whole boys will be boys type mentality being promoted to them. So I I highly you know I. I witnessed this in my everyday life. Understandable. And it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. Because, ha, huh, you fell into my trap. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so we talk about stereotypes and whatnot. Do you think there's a, there's a new generation of stereotypes? Because you just, you just mentioned toxic masculinity. Now, it wasn't around before. So do you think there's a whole new case study, is a whole new group of, uh, uh, you know, uh, of stereotypes out nowadays? Has it, I mean, you know, has it evolved is, is what I'm asking, I guess. Kind of. And I think it's also kind of looking back at the past, being like, oh, that was not a great thing that we've done for a good long time. You know, <laughs> like, like, maybe we shouldn't have deprived women of their voting rights for so long. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that noose yeah. wasn't a good idea, you know. Just <laughs> exactly, but there are uh, new stereotypes. Um, you know, of course, the uh, like a very popular one was the Karen. And I think the Karen stereotype needed to be pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, you've you've heard about the Kevin, right? Karen, yeah. No, 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 <laughs> uh, no. I uh, mean, no, not Karen, Kevin. Yeah, the male, I mean, the, the male Karen, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't been suspected of being a Kevin out there. You know, the manager's not looking me nervously. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, uh, just, the reason why I ask this question is because it really makes you wonder, and I'm not talking about really an evolution of stereotypes, because obviously everybody can see, um, but we have a a much more updated version of stereotypes now. Toxic masculinity, Kevin's, Karen's, um, stuff like that. And so it makes you think, what is the next evolution of, of the stereotypes that will be out there? Because, because the, I mean, things are ever-changing. So I'm just, I'm just wondering what's next. You know, well, they're out there. Like the, uh, the pick-me girl, which I need to do some homework to get to nail that one down. Um, you know, it's just, or like the Instagram thought, T H O T. There's that, you know. They're out there, and um, it it is pretty funny that, that but it's it's interesting that it's more about kind of like your personality and your lifestyle rather than factors that you don't have that much say over. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because most of these new terminologies, these new stereotypes are coming out. And our generation, of course, I'm going to lean on the old thing again. These are things I've never heard of. You know, I mean, obviously I heard about what a thought was or what a 304 was or what a toxic masculinity was. And it just makes you wonder just what's next. I mean, what can they label you? 
you know, what's what would be the what would be the next new thing? And I was like, oh, you know, okay, like you're the Panda Express guy. We hate you. What? That that that's a thing? Yes, yes, that's a thing. You know, you know, you know, like you're Panda Express hater. But 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 I love that food. You know, um, uh, now I know I'm just being silly, but I'm just wondering, you know, what are the origins of these things? And of course, you know, people can go and Google them, obviously. But it just makes me wonder where did all these things just come from? They just sprout out of the blue, you know, uh, like like the word cap means lie. Where did that come from? Or not to go into a big deep dive into and in, you know into new terminology, but do you know what the word glizzy means, Kevin? Glizzy, no. Please, please elucidate me. Uh, and my son told me this couple of you know about a year or so back with a glizzy is a glizzy as people are screaming at you know their uh, their phones right now is a hot dog uh-huh. exactly a glizzy a, hot dog is a, it, glizzy. a glizzy is a hot dog like i'm going to costco to get one dollar fifty glizzy and soda <laughs> <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds yes kevin Hmm. Well, it's not that I really go out of my way to eat hot dogs, so I'll have to just live with that. But <laughs> 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 uh, it's also kind of weird. Um, like, there's also regional slang. Like, even back in, like, you know, the 90s, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's just like, sometimes something regional, they'll say, like, um, um, for example, like a southern term, you know, Breaking Bad, you know, made popular by the, the television show. That's like a southern term. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> or even like uh, that term, losing losing your, your religion. It's a southern term. You know, in you know, the famous R.E.M. song, I'm like, huh, better find out what that means. I never knew what that was. Never, ever knew what that was. The song itself wasn't really one of my favorites, but... I never knew what that was. Oh, that means to lose your temper. I did not know that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so regional slang is interesting. <laughs> now, uh, but it's also kind of it's fun to confuse like younger people with, like saying like that's boss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have just shown our age. That's all it was. We we're just showing our age. You know, I mean, it, it it goes back all the way to Western age of. You know, somebody's looking for a shot of whiskey. You know, do you know what the origin of that is? No. Shot of whiskey, and a shot of anything, means when you didn't have enough money, so you would give the bartender a bullet for a small glass, you know, I mean, so a small glass of alcohol, whiskey, a shot. So you trade a bullet for a shot, like a shot, like a glass? Yeah. Yeah, because you don't have enough money, and you couldn't get a whole bottle, or you couldn't get a whole glass, so it gave you just a really, really small thing, a, a whiskey or bourbon or whatever to drink. It was called a shot. Ah, uh, I mean, you could point a gun at somebody to get whiskey too. So. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, come on, Kevin, use your brain. Use your brain, Kevin. You know. Um, <laughs> I am. You can't whiskey that way. <laughs> or, or here's something racist before we go into rants. Um, oh the The song, and look it up, people, the song... I think I'm turning Japanese. Do you remember that song? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Yikes. Now, that song was very irritating. 
extremely irritating is it earworm because right now as soon as i said that that song is in your head now for those of you who do not know um, pause the pause the show go on youtube look up i think i'm turning japanese it is a pop song from the 80s now urban legend has it now before i even spill the beans on it the song is about a gentleman looking at a picture of a girl that he likes and he doesn't he does not know what to do with himself he wants this girl he fantasizes about the girl and the chorus is, I think I'm turning Japanese. And for the longest time, nobody knew what that meant. Folklore has it that turning Japanese meaning he was masturbating and he orgasmed. So his eyes closed halfway. Ew. Yes, folks. Uh, 80s, 80s music at its finest. So yes, that was, that was one of the theories about that song. So I... Uh, oh, another group of people need to slap <laughs> right after I slap Carl Carl Douglas for Kung Fu fighting oh, oh my he's goodness gonna get, he's gonna get a big slap from me <laughs> look it up folks look it up oh yeah I'm gonna put baby powder on my hand <laughs> yeah. one right across the face <laughs> uh, hey I mean you could join power slap if, if that's still a thing so I'll just do like vigilante power slaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so as the show is winding down, um, do you have some rants, Kevin, to share with us? Uh, yeah. Um, I think our legal system's insane because it's so strange and like it's full of rules and procedures that the common man does not understand. And, like, hopefully none of you have had to deal with the legal system. Uh, but it's, like, what is anybody talking about? And uh, it always just feels like, like, oh, yeah, you should know this. And, like, oh, you do, you know, ignorance of the law isn't, you know, an excuse. But how are people, like, the average person supposed to decipher all this and that? And then they spend a whole bunch of money on finding, like, a lawyer that understands this. So it just feels really unfair to blame people that, are subject to these laws and regulations that they don't they themselves don't know like well man i can't like tie my dog to this parking meter like oh shit well they're good uh, all the prison <laughs> <laughs> how about you oh well, uh my rant is about our age actually you know, we talked about, you know, new things that are going on, um, new phrases, new sayings, stuff like that, whether it be you know, a 304 or a toxic masculinity or a Chad, which I never knew what that was. How to find out is I found out what a Chad was. That was kind of entertaining. And just other words. And looking back in the 80s and the 90s, even the 2000s, um, things that we used to say. Like, and of course, of course, people my age... Who bury down, folks? It's gonna get cringy. Um, like like a boss. Never understood. Never understood that. Never wanted to. I was never gonna say that. Um, whether it be that or whether it be rad, eighties folks, tremendous. Or <laughs> or or uh. <laughs> You know, or, or, or even certain words that are coming back, like yeet. Never knew what yeet was. Dude. Yes. Jesus. Now, do you know what yeet is, Kevin? The definition of that word. I I was 
explained to that once, but that was a long time ago. It hasn't entered my personal vocabulary or my idiolect, so I do not know. Um, yeet is to throw something. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, huh. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm still not going to use it, but I'm glad I can. <laughs> I know now. And see, the reason why I bring this up is because I would, sometimes, I was going through a photo album, looking at my younger pictures, you know, with me and my uh, Angela Davis afro and me and my Coke bottle glasses on a Claire Diacacy Moscow. And I'm just looking over all the stuff and I think about all the stuff that I thought was cool back then. And my, and my mom would look at me and she's like, what does that word mean? What are you saying? You know? Oh, and I would say, oh, oh, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're too old. You don't know what these words are. And these are the, the cool and hip things that the kids are saying nowadays. And now look in my particular generation and look at the generation ahead of me. And I'm like, I don't I have no idea what they're saying. I, wow. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm officially that old man now, Kevin. I'm like, I don't know what these words are, what these phrases are. And, you know, which makes me kind of hesitant to even talk to people because I don't even know the lingo now. Do people say lingo? No, they don't say lingo. So I just... <laughs> <laughs> they say they're wiggity words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know I'm, I'm really afraid to go outside my house dressing like crisscross because I don't think it's popular anymore. Um, you could. That'd be, like, you don't know, an uh, interesting artistic statement. Well, <laughs> they would understand it, you know. They'll, they'll call people in white coats to go, um, Adrian, come with us, please. No, no, it's wiggity whack, yo. And, you know, it's... I'll make a jump, But it's interesting now that it's interesting now that I can say I'm officially that old guy now that just sits back and let the young kids take over now. Granted, I weep, but I'm let the young kids take it over because my mom said the same thing when I was young. She's like, I don't understand it. I really do cry for the future, but I laughed at it. But now I understand where she's coming from. Because everything nowadays it just blows me away, and I talk on a podcast complaining about it. Well, if it makes you feel any better, with the speed of communication, so doesn't the speed of linguistic change, I believe. So, I believe even like in five years, people who are like 15, like, what are these 10 year olds talking about? So, they'll get more and more strange. At least we can fall back on our word, words to confuse people too. Yes. <laughs> oh goodness! Now this has been quite the entertaining show. I mean, um, and we we talk about things, we solve world's problems, and uh, this episode, Kevin, I'm sad to say that we didn't solve any world's problems today. I mean, I think we're slipping in our old age, and uh, we're definitely gonna have to do better next next show. It's okay. We'll just cause them and then fix them. <laughs> just a glitch in the matrix, sir. That's all it is. Just a glitch in the matrix. So, uh, and do you have any shout-outs, or uh, would you like to plug where people can find you if they want to talk to you? Well, quick shout-out, um, I'm personally really a fan of Pilates, and I don't, it's just marketed towards women, and I think Pilates is for everybody. It's great exercise, really just challenging yet sustainable. My favorite um, YouTube channel is Move with Nicole. She's this Australian instructor out of Thailand, and she has a lot of free content on YouTube, and she just does a great job, and I feel like my core has been never been stronger, and I like to credit following her instructional videos on YouTube. So if you guys want a, a good challenge to help make it strong, uh, it's going to 
functional way Ryo moved Nicole's videos uh, is a wonderful resource. Oh, yes, you did recommend that to me. And I have saved it on my YouTube. I have looked at it. I've actually done it. And it really makes you feel better afterwards. Because uh, once again, I mean, healthy mind, healthy body goes a long way. And of course, this whole episode, we've been having a good time talking about things and ranting about things. But in the grand scheme of life, we need to slow down. We need to enjoy certain things. And we need to understand that sometimes things may not go away. Some things will try to test you as a human being. Uh, try to break your spirit, try to break who you are, but don't forget that we, this is our one shot at life, unless reincarnation or whatever you believe, blah, <laughs> but just slow down and enjoy things. When you wake up in the morning, take 15 seconds to look around and breathe and focus on what you have versus what you do not have. Uh, the want versus the need, take care of yourself, take care of people around you, but first and foremost... Be that selfish asshole that takes care of you because you cannot love anybody else unless you love yourself. You cannot take care of anybody else unless you take care of you. And worse comes to worse, people. And I tell you this, Kevin, as well. If nothing else, if you get nothing else out of this podcast that myself or Kevin has talked to you and taught you, never talk shit about Panda Express. Thank you, folks. This is what we do. That's, uh, a, that's a funny way of it. Protest. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff will be proud of us. He will be proud of us. Uh, so, 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 any final words before we end off this week, sir? Um, invest in your intellect in whichever way you choose. Even like, uh, for example, I saw a breakdown of the pilot episode of Breaking Bad, and it was beautiful about all the details and themes and care they put into that show, which I really enjoyed. And now discovering more about it, the philosophy, the, the, the themes and messages, I'm like, wow, what an amazing show, even even more so. So just take a look. Invest in your brain, you know? Don't just mindlessly entertain yourself all day with junk all the time. And I definitely agree 100%. Of course, once again, you can find us. Be sure you subscribe. Follow, share, the walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. Of course, find us anywhere where you download your local listening uh, apps for your podcast downloads. It's a mouthful, folks. This has been a Walker AC experience. I have been Adrian. He has been Kevin. You have been my friends, our family, our loved ones, people who love us. People who hate us, but you're going to listen anyhow. Nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Until next week, folks, take care.